The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. Come join me and my 40,000 friends and followers on social media via markvinette.com. Welcome to the History of North America. I'm Mark Vinette. Before resuming the fascinating saga of New France, let's reach back in history to a pivotal epoch that directly fertilized the roots of the French-European nation. North American institutions, architecture, infrastructure, city planning, art, music, literature, history, culture, manners, customs, traditions, political organizations, laws, and language owe a great deal to the Roman Empire. The conquest of Gaul brought Roman occupation and influence to a land later to become France, one of North America's major European founding nations. Join me on a fun precursor to the French exploration and colonization of North America with the help of our good friends at LibriVox. History of Julius Caesar, the Conquest of Gaul in attaining to the consulship, Caesar had reached the highest point of elevation which it was possible to reach as a mere citizen of Rome. His ambition was, however, not satisfied. The only way to acquire higher distinction and to rise to higher power was to enter upon a career of foreign conquest. Caesar therefore aspired now to be a soldier. He accordingly obtained the command of an army and entered upon a course of military campaigns in the heart of Europe, which he continued for eight years. These eight years constitute one of the most important and strongly marked periods of his life. He was triumphantly successful in his military career, and he made, accordingly, a vast accession to his celebrity and power in his own day by the results of his campaigns. He also wrote himself an account of his adventures during this period, in which the events are recorded in so lucid and in so eloquent a manner that the narrations have continued to be read by every successive generation of scholars down to the present day and they have had a great influence in extending and perpetuating his fame. The principal scenes of the exploits which Caesar performed during the period of this his first great military career were the north of Italy, Switzerland, France, Germany, and England, a great tract of country, nearly all of which he overran and conquered. A large portion of this territory was called Gaul in those days, the part on the Italian side of the Alps being named Cisalpine Gaul, while that which lay beyond was designated as Transalpine. Transalpine Gaul was substantially what is now France. There was a part of Transalpine Gaul which had been already conquered and reduced to a Roman province. It was called the province then, and has retained the name with a slight change in orthography to the present day. It is now known as Provence. The countries which Caesar went to invade were occupied by various nations and tribes, many of which were well organized and warlike, and some of them were considerably civilized and wealthy. They had extended tracts of cultivated land, the slopes of the hills and the mountainsides being formed into green pasturages, which were covered with flocks of goats and sheep and herds of cattle, while the smoother and more level tracts were adorned with smiling vineyards and broadly extended fields of waving grain. 
They had cities, forts, ships, and armies. Their manners and customs would be considered somewhat rude by modern nations, and some of their usages of war were half-barbarian. But although the Romans were inclined to consider these nations as only half-civilized, still there would be great glory, as Caesar thought, in subduing them, and probably great treasure would be secured in the conquest, both by the plunder and confiscation of governmental property, and by the tribute which would be collected in taxes from the people of the countries subdued. Caesar accordingly placed himself at the head of an army of three Roman legions, which he contrived, by means of a great deal of political maneuvering and management, to have raised and placed under his command. One of these legions, which was called the Tenth Legion, was his favorite corps, on account of the bravery and hardihood which they often displayed. At the head of these legions, Caesar set out for Gaul. He was at this time not far from forty years of age. Caesar had no difficulty in finding pretext for making war upon any of these various nations that he might desire to subdue. They were, of course, frequently at war with each other, and there were at all times standing topics of controversy and unsettled disputes among them. Caesar had, therefore, only to draw near to the scene of contention, and then to take sides with one party or the other. It mattered little with which, for the affair almost always resulted in the end in his making himself master of both. Caesar now prepared in earnest for giving his enemy battle. He proved himself as skillful and efficient in arranging and managing the combat as he had been sagacious and adroit in the negotiations which preceded it. When at length the combat came, Caesar and his legions were entirely and triumphantly successful. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Doctors endorse it, nutritionists recommend it, and customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss. Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with Calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calotrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body which decreases as we age. Taking Calitrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, and best of all, weight loss. Calitrin has an amazing 86% success rate with their 90-day supply. And this week, take advantage of their President's Day sale. Buy the 90-day supply and get an extra month free plus free shipping. Ordering is so easy. Just text the word HISTORY to the code 30605 and we'll send you a link to this special offer. Again, text HISTORY, that's H-I-S-T-O-R-Y using the code 30605. The consequence of this victory was that Caesar's authority was established triumphantly over all that part of Gaul. Other parts of the country, too, were pervaded by the fame of his exploits, and the people everywhere began to consider what action it would be incumbent upon them to take in respect to the new military power which had appeared so suddenly among them. Some nations determined to submit without resistance, and to seek the conqueror's alliance and protection. Others, more bold or more confident of their strength, began to form combinations and to arrange plans for resisting him. 
but whatever they did, the result in the end was the same. Caesar's ascendancy was everywhere, and always gaining ground. Of course, it is impossible to give any regular narrative of the events of the eight years of Caesar's military career in Gaul. Marches, negotiations, battles, and victories mingled with and followed each other in a long succession, the particulars of which everything resulting most successfully for the increase of Caesar's power and the extension of his fame. Caesar gives, in his narrative, very extraordinary accounts of the customs and modes of life of some of the people that he encountered. Although Caesar was very energetic and decided in the government of his army, he was extremely popular with his soldiers in all these campaigns. He exposed his men, of course, to a great many privations and hardships, but then he evinced in many cases such a willingness to bear his share of them that the men were very little inclined to complain. He moved at the head of the column when his troops were advancing on a march, generally on horseback, but often on foot. He used to go bareheaded on such occasions, whatever was the state of the weather, though it is difficult to see what the motive of this apparently needless exposure could be, unless it was for effect on some special or unusual occasion. Caesar would ford or swim rivers with his men whenever there was no other mode of transit, sometimes supported, it was said, by bags inflated with air and placed under his arms. At one time he built a bridge across the Rhine to enable his army to cross that river. This bridge was built with piles driven down into the sand, which supported a flooring of timbers. Caesar, considering it quite an exploit thus to bridge the Rhine, wrote a minute account of the manner in which the work was constructed, and the description is almost exactly in accordance with the principles and usages of modern carpentry. After the countries which were the scene of these conquests were pretty well subdued, Caesar established on some of the great routes of travel a system of posts, that is, he stationed supplies of horses at intervals from ten to twenty miles along the way, so that he himself, or the officers of his army, or any couriers who he might have occasion to send with dispatches, could travel with great speed by finding a fresh horse ready at every stage. By this means, he sometimes travelled himself a hundred miles in a day. This system, thus adopted for military purposes in Caesar's time, has been continued in almost all countries of Europe to the present age, and is applied to travelling in carriages as well as on horseback. Caesar, then, who, though undaunted and bold in emergencies requiring prompt and decisive action, was extremely cautious and wary at all other times. During the whole period of his campaigns in Gaul, Rome and all Italy, in fact, had been filled with the fame of his exploits and the expedition into Britain added not a little to his renown. The populace of the city were greatly gratified to hear of the continued success of their former favorite. They decreed to him triumph after triumph, and were prepared to welcome him whenever he should return with greater honors and more extended and higher powers than he had ever enjoyed before. Caesar's exploits in these campaigns were in fact, in a military point of view, of the most magnificent character. Plutarch, in summing up the results of them, says that he took 800 cities, conquered 300 nations, fought pitched battles at separate times with three millions of men, took one million of prisoners, and killed another million on the field. What a vast work of destruction was this for a man to spend eight years of his life in performing upon his fellow creatures, merely to gratify his insane love of dominion. Check out the YouTube version of this episode, which has accompanying visuals, including maps, charts, timelines, photos, illustrations, and diagrams. Support our channel by watching and clicking on the ads in the video.
It costs you nothing, and by doing so, gives us extra credit and encourages, supports, and helps us to create more quality content. Thanks. I'm Mark Vinette, and I hope you're enjoying the ride.